Hi everyone, welcome to 20 Minute Marketing. I am very excited to start this episode. We are in fact recording at the Doncaster Dome today. Um, it's probably my first time here in about 10 years. I remember coming ice skating and swimming and, and doing all the activities here. Um, anyway, I have a really exciting guest and this episode is gonna be really unique um, because we're gonna focus on PR and how that blends into marketing and how marketing and PR crossover. Um, just a bit of a side note, there may be some background noise. We do have a few children running around on the <laughs> corridors, um, so apologise about that in advance. But yeah, I'm going to introduce Charlotte to you. So she's just going to give you a bit of a brief background about herself, her company, etc. And then we'll dive into the main topics and talk about PR and marketing together. So hi, Charlotte. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, sorry about the noise, but the Dome is always busy, which is great because they are great PR. Um, sorry, <laughs> that was just a plug for us. Um, so my name is Charlotte Diamond and I have worked in PR for 20 years this year which makes me feel Milestone. really old, yeah. Um, so in June, I shall be having a little celebration, I think. Um, I currently run Sidekick PR along with Kirsty and Eve, two, of, two business partners who are also fantastic friends. And we have clients up and down the country, so we do quite a bit of work in Doncaster, but the rest of our work is Manchester, Birmingham, London, here, there, everywhere. Um, and we work across all different sectors, so everything from places like the Dome, Doncaster Deaf Trust, to hotels up and down the country, to fuel providers, to, um, gosh, I'm racking my brains now, conference centres and all sorts of different organisations that we work with. So as you can see, a massive range. I always think it's hard on the spot to think about yeah. listing them all. You always um, forget the most important ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to move on. Um, now we've had a bit of an introduction. Move on to the main subjects and topics. We'll cover PR, marketing and sort of the blend between each other. So stay tuned. All right, everyone, so now to the main topic and, and the big chunk of the episode. So we'll keep it in the 15 minute or so time frame if we can. Um, so first of all, one thing that I found really interesting when I was actually listening to your podcast, um, that was mainly about PR and marketing, is that you mentioned that a lot of people just assume PR is just media relations. So just to sort of summarize what would you say it is and what are the different aspects of it? Yeah, there's so much more to PR than media relations. Um, I think previously, many years ago, I have worked with what I would class as a very heavily media relations agency and there are still agencies out there who rely very heavily on that and there's nothing wrong with that but PR as we do it is a strategic management function. Um, I'm not going to go into the definitions of PR because everyone argues about them. I just take, this is my, this is my view of PR. So we work with organisations, we understand their business, we understand their business plan, we develop strategies for them for communicating that fit in with their business objectives. So everything that we do needs to underpin their business objectives. So it's not a case of write me a press release for the local paper, it's a case of right, this is our business objective, how can communication and PR help us achieve that? So we put together strategies and that might involve elements of media relations, it might involve working with influencers, bloggers, social media elements, um, crisis management. It, a lot of what we do as well is relationships. 
And I don't think people recognise how important that is. So a lot of what we do is we build strong relationships and then we put people together. So we're a bit like facilitators in some way. So yeah. they might, especially if we're working in a, in, in a key area, people might say, oh, I really could do with getting to know the organisation that does this. And, and we then see our job as facilitating those meetings and helping people work together, developing partnerships. So for one of our clients, media relations is a very tiny element, but actually the partnerships that they develop, we develop on their behalf. And that's the strongest element of it. Yeah. For others, it might be that social media is really, really key um, and particular channels. And for others, it might be that it's about podcasting. And it, it's all about how we can help underpin those business needs and get them to reach their audiences. And sadly, when you look at the media and how that's changed over the years, circulation figures have dropped with newspapers. Um, yes, they're getting the hits online and um, with social media and the websites. But that's not necessarily how people get their news anymore. So we're working with a lot of education establishments and when we're wanting to talk to, talk to students, media relations doesn't come into it. I yeah. don't know when... Sorry, I'm going to ask you a question now. I don't know <laughs> yeah. when, you, when you last bought a newspaper. Yeah, it's interesting. That's not very long time ago, but we, um, we have um, two of our employees walking to work on Friday and they're walking 19 miles for Bluebell Wood. Yeah. And we put the story to a university newspaper, um, University of Sheffield newspaper, because one of the walkers is an alumni there. Yeah. And they, I was just thinking they'd put a small set like template in their website and they said no it's printed in the newspaper brilliant and i was like i don't think it. i had to like send him out to collect a newspaper yeah and we were like quite surprised that people still pick up a newspaper they do yeah and actually for some for some organizations they want to see that they are still in those newspapers and that they want to be in the nationals they want to be in the broadsheets and it's important for them it's and i'm not dismissing it in any way we work very closely with the media and we've got some really great relationships with the media it's just not what PR is all about it's not the be all and end all it's a part of the mix yeah a lot of what we do I mentioned crisis a lot of what we do is um crisis preparedness crisis testing so I was in London yesterday working with an organization who that's all we do for them we go and we run tabletop exercises or um proper exercises where we are testing their crisis plan yeah for <sighs> someone that's sort of new in marketing how would you summarize a crisis is it's when they've said something they shouldn't or well, is it like something that's happened or bad? different levels of crisis that you need to look at so there are things like a reputational crisis so it could be yes they've said something wrong they, or something's happened where their reputation's on the line or it could be a lot of the crisis that we prepare for plan for and, and deal with or when it's something major that will have a big impact so it could be to do with loss of life it could be to do with buildings falling down, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, an actual physical crisis. Yeah. So um, there's, the, there's the two levels. I think people get carried away and often go, oh, there's a crisis, there's a crisis, and it's not, it's an issue. Yeah. And there's a, again, yeah. it's, the, it's semantic, but there's a difference between an issue and a crisis. And an issue is something that you can, if you nip it in the board, it doesn't turn into a crisis and you can deal with um, much easier than an actual crisis. But we do a lot of crisis testing. We did one at a shopping centre in Hull last week where we were running through them through a scenario that could happen and making sure that their emergency procedures worked yeah. and that everything was in place. So yeah. we do a lot of that. We also do internal communication because yeah. people forget how important the staff are yeah. often. So organisations will say, oh, yes, I'll get this PR agency in and we'll 
externally we'll do all this wonderful stuff and we'll communicate externally and everyone will see how great we are and we're getting all our all our wonderful well-crafted messages out there but they forget the main audience is the internal audience yeah. um and so we do a lot of work again to make sure that internal audiences are communicated with the best way to communicate with them what channels they're using and a lot of the work that we do is based on research as well. So we don't just we don't just decide we think it's going to be this channel. We'll do the focus groups. We'll do the uh, groundwork to make sure that what we're delivering then and the tactics that we employ when we're talking to people are the right ones. So it's it's not just as simple as it's not just write me a press release. One or two. Yeah, it's <laughs> no. not just a press release. And to, or... be, to be honest, when we get called now and you, we still get them where people say, "Can you just do? Can you do me a press release for this?" The answer is no because I don't think a press release by itself without any thought or any um, strategic direction will do anybody any good. So we'll yeah. be taking money off people for, for nothing. So yeah. now we talk to people much more about actually what's what's your aim and objective, what are you trying to achieve for this? Can, yeah. can we do it in another way? Can it be part of a, a, a plan or a campaign or um, have some more strategic direction to it? A, a press release here, there or anywhere doesn't actually have that impact. Yeah. And when people come to you with the strategy, what, what sort of ideal goals do you think they should have? Should it be, we want to reach 10,000 people on LinkedIn, something so specific? Or should it just be... <laughs> I'm on a podcast, you can't see my face going, ah! No, I still get really, I still get really, I'm very opinionated and I do get very cross with things like, we still, I still see it on Twitter. It drives me mad when someone will tweet and say, I'm nearing a thousand followers, help me get there. And I find myself shouting at the phone, why, yeah. why do you want to get to a thousand followers? What? Why is that an objective? Surely your engagement is more important. Yeah. So I always, we do get, again, people call us and say, we want to, re, we want to have this many followers on LinkedIn and we want to have, and we have to have that conversation then as to why, why is that important? And actually, surely you're better off having less followers, but more engaged followers. Yeah. And I think a lot of organisations found this when GDPR came in and everyone was panicking and people's newsletter lists and database lists got slashed from, oh, we've got 70,000 on our database to suddenly they've got 30,000. Yeah. But actually those 30,000 tend ones, to be more engaged, they're yeah, interested. The ones that care. Exactly. You're rather wasting than, your time yeah. with the extra 40,000. So you're better off having that smaller number of more engaged people. Yeah. So. We don't just accept when when we look at people's objectives and you do get some crazy ones out there yeah. and aims and objectives and goals and KPIs and whatever people want to set and again if they've not worked with PR agencies before or they've worked with PR agencies who are very media relations orientated they might come and say we want four press releases a month and we want this many posts on LinkedIn and we want this many and we're the ones who sit there saying why yeah have what? you got the news yeah. for four news stories and actually what are you wanting to achieve from them why are you wanting this many followers and, and why are you saying you've got to post this many times? What's backing that up? Yeah. But we also go to the other extreme, the other end of it. We're really big on reporting. Yeah. So um, we use a lot of different channels. Um, we use a lot of different platforms and things for to make sure that we're reporting the right metrics back to people so we use things like sprout social sprout sprout social i always say the wrong way around not sure which way around it is don't know sure i'm sure it matters to them it doesn't matter to me it comes up when i log it in but we can actually then look at and report on engagement is engagement or what's actually happening what what we're getting people to do what are the outcomes of the communications that we put out there so we measure on outcomes, not outputs. We would never say we have posted you this many tweets this month. Yeah. We'd say engagement's up. 
this one tweet did the, this and x this, y and yeah, z yeah and then this many people have then gone on and bought yeah. tickets for your show or yeah. done this and yeah so that we measure on the results so we we do have a social media monitoring in place and and we get the evaluation and put the reports together in that way and we look we do look at media coverage we look at the impact of partnerships and do a lot of um i mean really interested in pulse surveys and finding out what people think yeah i think that's one of the most important things about social media is it's all great and well posting, yeah. but then either once a month at the end of the month or every two or three months, whenever you've got time, find out which posts worked well, which ones had the most engagement, and you probably find that the ones you thought were the best aren't, yeah. and the ones that are unrelated to your company, who are, which are very generic and out there and not really relevant to the product you're selling might be the ones that people actually engage and, and read. Absolutely. And I think when you talk to people about social media, I know that there'll be some social media um, podcasts, they will say exactly that. They can put a lot of time and planning into it and think this is going to be the one that flies, this is going to be the one that's going to get so much engagement and then nothing and then something completely random can get you absolutely fantastic engagement. So you can plan and put a lot of thought into these things, but with the world of social media, it's, it's a lot of it is, who knows? I mean, I put a tweet out, which is how we got in yeah, contact with each other. Yeah, I tweet. put a tweet out about asking people if they listen to podcasts and the engagement that that got back and the conversations that we then had. And I've now got a list of, I think it's up to 21 at the minute podcasts to listen to. But I've written a blog about it and I've had some really great dialogue with people who I hadn't spoken to before about their podcasts and it, it is really interesting. Yeah, and it's not anything related to your company no. or anything like that, just a generic question. Exactly, yeah. it's not me trying to sell podcasts to people. Or me. It was just a question because I, I started listening to them more and I wondered if other people had or if they could recommend any because otherwise you're trawling through and listening to them and thinking, is this one for me? But actually, if you've got some recommended ones, industry specific, it yeah. can be really good. Yeah. Um, I just want to sort of move on to a sort of different standpoint. So I'm going to talk about how it has changed from like media relations yeah. to influencers and that side of it. Yeah. So do you think like that side of PR is more successful for people to aim at or is it a bit of a, it was a bit overhyped and it's, it's not as valued as people think? It's, in the, it's on the news quite a lot. It is on the news quite a lot. There's a lot of backlash at the minute, I think, in terms of influencers and the influence that they actually have and whether followers are real, whether people have been buying followers. And again, it comes back to the kind of engagement that they get. I think um, there's a long way to go yet in terms of I'm saying that newspapers are, have the credibility and we all, we all know that different newspapers have different levels of credibility, but I think the media has established itself over the years and over the decades and um, you kind of know what you're dealing with. Whereas with influencers, there's still that level of uncertainty. I think pe still, people are still quite nervous of working with them. We've worked with a number of different influencers across different sectors from fashion, beauty, um, lifestyle, parenting, you have to do a lot of background um, research, I would say, to make sure that you're getting the right people and that they're reaching the right people that you want to get out to. So there's bloggers, there's vloggers, there's micro-influencers, there's so much out there. I would say the ones that we've worked with have worked well and have a direct link to the audiences that we've wanted to reach, which is, again, that's what's so important to us, but yeah. getting to the right people. Yeah. You can um, have a, sort of a, an influencer that's got a 1,000 people in an industry that you care about instead of a million that follow Kylie Jenner and I'm probably not interested in absolutely. PR, for example. Yeah, absolutely. I did some focus groups with um, some year seven 
um, yeah, year seven kids, and they were all talking about Instagram and who they follow on there. And I'm that old that I didn't know who any of these people were, and they couldn't believe it. And they were saying, get out of the room, miss. I can't believe you don't know who so-and-so is. I still don't know who they are. But they all follow the, uh, They all follow these people on there, and it's so important to them. And it's how do you, how do you get to these kids if you're not one of these if you're not one of these Kylie Jenners or whoever it, it yeah. might be, how would it, it's finding ways to actually reach the audience that you want to reach. And if it is young people, Insta and Snapchat at the minute seem to be the thing. But yeah, I, I quite, I've enjoyed working with the influencers that we've worked with. We've not done it lots. We've done bloggers events, we've done vloggers events, and we've developed some relationships, but it's just a nice different part of the mix, I think. Yeah. Um, and then I just want to, I guess get a bit of a your opinion and stance on marketing just really vaguely from a PR stance rather than us considering PR from a marketing stance yeah so it's really interesting because if you talk to a marketeer they see PR as part of the marketing mix you talk to a PR professional they see marketing as part of the PR mix um, it has started to change and the lines have blurred a bit more and I think social and digital have blurred the lines a lot more I always used to say, I don't know anything about marketing. I work in PR. I couldn't do a marketer's job. I, I, I still stand by that in some respects, but I think, like I said, the lines have blurred a bit more. In PR, in education, I, I lecture at one of the local universities as well in PR. Um, a, f- a friend of mine who did a PR degree, she would always talk about her PR umbrella with all the different segments on it. And that would show you the media relations, the influence of the social media. And marketing would be a segment on that PR umbrella. Yeah. So I think marketing and PR people need to work more closely, less in silos. Um, I need to learn more about marketing. I see bits that people do and I just think yeah. I box that off in my mind that that's a marketing job. But there, there is much more blurred ground now that we both seem to cover. Um, and I think marketing sounds really interesting and I think it sounds great that um, you have all the kind of measurements in place, I think, that PRs only just get into. But you also get the budgets in marketing that PR yeah, doesn't, doesn't get. Yeah. And I do think that's a lot, a lot of that is to do with the terminology that we use. I think marketers are clued up and talk in business terms, whereas in PR, we're still lagging behind with that. It's interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting thought to ponder on. Yeah. I think we might leave the main topic on that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Give everyone something to think about. Yeah. If you do want to hear more PR-related chats, then you should listen to the great podcast that I've been listening to. It's called PR Oddcast. PR Oddcast. PR Oddcast. You'll find it on Anchor. I'm sure if you Google it, you'll get it. And then we're just going to move on really quickly to graduate advice, a um, little bit about how graduates can stand out and what employers should look for as well. Yep. All right. Thank you. And just to summarise, we are going to talk about the last topic, which is graduate advice um, for both graduates and employers looking for uh, people to fill new roles. Um, so first of all, Charlotte, um, what would you look for if you were hiring besides sort of technical knowledge and just qualifications? I think it's a really interesting question that, uh, like I said, I do some lecturing at the local university, so I know how difficult it is for students to get jobs and to get a foot in the door. 
it's standing out is really important and I think you've got to have done something other than the course so if you look at um, a lot of the big hires in the London agencies recently it's all been about blogging are they are they active bloggers are they engaging with people are they showcasing the knowledge because it's okay having your degree and having the piece of paper that says I have got this knowledge but how are you showcasing it and um, how are you making using it how are you making a, a difference making an impact and I think it's quite easy as a student just to assume that the piece of paper and the qualification will get you where you need to be. But for like for myself personally, I think I said this on, on another episode as well. Like it took me a year to get to get to where I needed to be. Um, it might not happen overnight, and it might be might take a bit longer. Um, but whilst you are in that period, do something. Then if you can't do it while you're at definitely use your spare use your spare time to actually be looking at. Your digital footprint what are you doing what what social media channels do you like can you be active on one of them what can what can you do if it's not necessarily that kind of thing you want to do can you be going out and, and helping an organization use your use your skills and then just to like further on the question how do you think they could i know you've sort of covered it like when you're looking for interviews but are there any other ways that you think students could stand out or, or... yeah i think the, like I said, the skills are really important. The skills are really important. One of the things that I've noticed, and when I've run bigger agencies in the past, it's the personal is personality that you can't really teach somebody. And if you wanted to work in this industry, particularly, I think you need to have those people skills. So the other skills you can teach along with along to, with time, and but actually the per, personality is massive so you've got to have the right personality to fit in with the industry different agencies again have different cultures different office cultures it's finding somebody that can fit in and do you know what the research goes a long way with that so we get loads of cvs but the ones that stand out to me are the ones that have done a little bit of research they've either listened to our podcast they've looked at what we're blogging about and they've commented on it so yeah. they're saying oh I've seen, not just i've i would like to work in a pr agency i would like to work in your pr agency because you sound like my kind of be people because yeah, and, yeah. I want, yeah your yeah. podcast sounds great yeah. you're talking about this you sound really passionate that's exactly what I'm like and if someone's done that little bit of research it makes a massive difference yeah. it helps you to stand out and I think in, in the interview as well just be confident and yeah. not too sort of pushy but be as open and, yeah. and chatty and ask be the yourself. company yeah ask be the company your, questions yeah. definitely yeah um, yeah I think sort of we We've summed everything up. I don't know if you've got any final things about how you applied for jobs yourself. Or... It took me a year as well. I did a year of temping, but in each temporary role that I did, I ended up being offered a job to do pr kind of things without me really knowing that they were pr at the time. I, I went and worked at an office fit-out company for a while and they were doing a, a Christmas party and I said, oh, I can make you a video. This was before, this was before mobile phones, this is how old I am. And I went and made them a video to, of the team to show what the corporate party so I'd made some kind of internal comms tool without even <laughs> knowing that that's what I was doing yeah. at the time but yeah I just think it's perseverance if you know what you want to do find ways to fit it in with what you can do until you get there yeah absolutely um yep yeah, so we're going to sum it up hope you've learned something from the episode I know I have myself as well as always um yeah big thanks to Charlotte for being a great guest thank you really um, enjoyed it no problem and I might go out check a little bit of the dome out and see what's changed <laughs> good luck <laughs> thank you <laughs>